Hi coaches, this is Whitney from Get the Pancake, a podcast for volleyball coaches. If you're listening in real time, then you know that summer is here and school season is right around the corner. I know plenty of you are coaching middle school and high school teams and you're starting to plan your practices for the season. I want to help you by pointing out a couple of important concepts that I think you need to work on with your teams in order to have a successful start to your season. Now, before we really get into the podcast today, I do want to remind you that I offer goal-setting worksheets on getthepancake.com. Goal-setting is proven to increase player satisfaction and performance throughout the season. I'll include a link to an article I wrote, which references a few studies about the benefits of goal-setting. I highly encourage that you go check it out and then come up either with your own goal-setting system or you can buy mine from the shop on getthepancake.com. You can do goal-setting at any time, but the beginning of the season is the best time to truly make it a habit for your team. The topic for today's podcast is the importance of running game-like practices. Now, this is true for literally any age of volleyball, but I think specifically for seventh grade up to about sophomore year in high school, these are the teams that are going to benefit the most from running truly game-like practices. Now, what do I mean by that? I don't necessarily mean practicing the perfect pass over and over and what it would look like if your setter was getting a perfect pass every time and executing on a perfect set. That's not game-like for probably 80% of teams. In my mind, you need to get good at being bad before you can be good at being good. So your players, unfortunately, are not always going to get into the right position for defense. So how do they need to adjust to that? And kind of going along with that, if they're not in the right position for defense, then the ball probably isn't going to be coming towards them. So how do they adjust to pass a ball, which isn't right in front of them? So many of us, and I'm including myself here, often fall into the trap of tossing a ball directly to a player. P.S. How many times does a player get tossed a ball in in a game? Exactly zero times. So we need to be doing more aggressive hits and we need to be moving the players around, not necessarily going directly to them. A couple other situations that you'll probably face in just about every game if you are coaching that age range. And if you're coaching at the varsity level, you'll be dealing with this as well. It's just not as frequently and probably by that time you don't need to practice this as often. But also think about when a teammate shanks the first ball and it goes way back behind the entire court. Someone needs to know how to chase down the ball, where they need to put the ball back. I do have a drill. It's called fetch. I'll link to that in the show description. But you're just taking the time to teach players how to deal with less than ideal situations in the game. Another great example that happens honestly all the time is helping your setter learn how to set a pass that is not to target. What do they do when the ball is too far in front of them? What do they do when the pass is off the net? What about when it's really tight to the net? We get into the habit of tossing directly to the setter over and over again, and that's not doing them any favors. I understand. Again, I find myself guilty of doing this too, but we need to make sure that we are incorporating some level of challenge and truly game-like scenarios for our players so that they can handle these situations with confidence in a match. 
hitters, their set isn't always going to be perfect. We need to teach them how to adjust their approach if the set is too low, if it's too high, what if it's too tight or too far outside of the antenna, and what if it goes over the net? They need to learn how to go up and block against the hitter on the opposite side. Essentially, we need to plan out all of the situations that our players are most likely to face and prioritize teaching how to successfully get out of those situations and back into normal controlled volleyball. So don't get me wrong, practice does not need to be chaos if you are practicing all of these difficult situations. Let's take the setting example. You're not going to help your setter learn how to deal with a bad pass if you are tossing the ball all over the place. What you need to do is break it down one situation at a time and have them get in reps of that situation so that when they see that situation come up in a game, they know exactly what they need to do and the team knows what to expect from that setter. For example, let's talk about a pass that's too far off the net. Since we don't want our passers to practice passing off of the net, I would probably do this off of a toss. We're gonna toss the ball to the 10 foot line instead of into the target zone and work on our setter setting either to outside or right side. If the pass isn't perfect, we probably don't wanna go to middle or we could include back road options as well, especially if you have a more aggressive team or an older team, they'll probably be able to do that better. But we wanna give them a couple of reps in each situation and also if we can do progressions to get into that situation that's even better so you can start out with some perfect tosses to your setter and then progress and move them around into increasingly difficult sets the best part about these game-like practices is you really only need to do these situations once going back to the fetch drill that i have Essentially, the drill is I toss the ball over mimicking a bad first pass, and then two players are on the court and they have two touches to get the ball back over the net. I start out by tossing the first one because I don't want my players to practice a bad first pass, but I do want the others to practice getting that ball back over, making it playable for their teammate. And you'll watch as they <laughs> grow in their understanding of how to move on the court. They'll start to trust their teammates. They'll understand which ball is whose and the communication will skyrocket. So I really love this drill. However, you only need to run this drill once for them to get the point. So I think a lot of us tend to shy away from these types of drills because it feels like you're taking away from other things that you need to practice, but it only takes about 15 to 20 minutes to teach a concept that's going to be a lifesaver in a match. I highly encourage you to sit down and think about the most common scenarios that your players are going to run into, whether that's passes into the net and how to dig those out of the net or dealing with a second ball over scenario from your opponent. These aren't things that we typically practice and we tend to find ourselves trying to coach it during a match instead of at practice and then letting our teams go out and perform. But if we take the time to work on it in practice, then we'll be able to relax a little bit during the game and they won't have to be learning any new information necessarily and they can focus on playing. And that's all I wanted to share with you today is just the importance of running game-like practices. Remember, you have to get good at being bad before you can be good at being good. Thanks so much for listening, and I'll see you next week in my next episode of the Get the Pancake podcast.